He's back. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Drake here, and today in the stream yard, I got Mr. David Wise Esquire. Davey, capazo, mi amigo. Drake, it is a great day, as you said earlier. He is back. We are just getting players back left and right. I don't know what's going on. Everybody's trying to win some kind of championship over here, ACC, National, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, the vibes right now are immaculate, folks. Today's episode of Locked On Semmels is brought to you by friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. Locked On College. That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College. As always, terms and conditions do apply. Dave, Jared Verse made an announcement. I think it was, what, January 7th? I think it was Saturday, actually, that he announced he was coming back for the 2023 season. This is something that like the longer we didn't hear anything from him, the better I felt about his chances of coming back, especially when you heard the first round grades and everything else. You saw the performance in the, in the Oklahoma game. So overall, Dave, what does this return mean for Mike Norvell and company? Well, first of all, you have to take a second to credit the staff here. Um, we Mike Norvell gets some crap lately about his recruiting and Look, high school recruiting. that's high school recruiting. High school recruiting that, that's a conversation for another day. Um, but you have to consider this recruiting because the coaches are con- trying to convince kids who have an NFL paycheck dangling in front of them to come back to college where they could get injured, um, where they're well, now they can get paid a little bit, a uh, little bit compared to what an NFL paycheck would look like, but nonetheless. The coaching staff is having to convince these kids to come back. And obviously lately in college football, like the last 10, 15 years, there's been a lot of business decisions made. Um, Jared Verse made a decision to come back to school uh, despite being graded as a first rounder in the NFL draft. And we're talking about a guy who was the number one rated player on our defense this year uh, from all players who took a hundred snaps on defense. So Jared Verse was kind of the heart and soul, him and Fabian Lovett and Jamie this year. So uh, Fabian Lovett came back. Jared Verse came back. Obviously, Jamie Robinson moved on to the NFL draft. But um, this is a guy who was top 25 in the country in PFF uh, sack grades. And this is a guy who, like I said, was our number one rated defensive player. Fabian Lovett, when he came off the field, you saw the difference night and day. When Jared Verse came off the field, you saw a similar just night and day difference. Uh, when he's in the game, he is giving 110% effort, and he is usually disrupting the quarterback, if not getting to him. So this Jared Verse coming back, especially in tandem with all the other guys coming back, is making it clear that there's been a conversation amongst this team that next year's the money year. We've talked about this. Uh, I don't think all these guys come back unless there is this collective understanding. And there appears to be this collective understanding among these kids. It's rare to get this many uh, players 
probably could have gone to the NFL draft to all decide to come back in the same year. It's rare, it's unique, and it's a situation you have to capitalize on. And it's also kind of like I, what I think will be the new normal, especially with the NIL era, where basically now if you're a player and you're understanding that basically when you're an undrafted free agent, you do make decent money. However, now with NIL, with now a collective focus on player retention like the battle's end, it helps kind of being there basically saying, hey, you can make a similar, if not more, amount of staying for school one more year, potentially actually guaranteeing yourself this money because NFL money is not guaranteed. You can ask a lot of undrafted free agents that question. So to me, that's going to be probably the new normal. And also you're right about Jared Verse. Jared Verse and Fabian Lovett were both hurt during that three-game stretch of games last year against Wake Forest, NC State, and Clemson. Spoiler alert, we lost those three games. And both, that basically you're saying the mind, body, and soul, Jamie, Jared, and Fabian, those were three key pieces on each level of the defense. So to me, seeing them actually come back, Jared especially, you need to continue going after the quarterback, especially when you have a player like Fabian Jared, where they play off very well with each other. That's why Jermaine Johnson succeeded very well, because he had Fabian Lovett up the middle. It also helps out with depth-wise, because coming back, you'll have him. Jeremy McClendon is also coming back, so is Dennis Briggs. Patrick Payton is coming back for a third year, who Patrick Payton, to me, has a very great ability of bending around the quarterback. He might be a better sack artist than Jared at the end of the day, more talented-wise. But with Jared coming back, this is going to be huge for the captains of the defense. Yeah, no, there's, look, there's a lot of reasons why Jared Verse would want to come back. I think he might have a better defense around him next year than he had this year. Um, there's there's going to be some room for improvement. Obviously, next year we're going to have a new DB coach. That's that's not like a speculative thing anymore. Obviously, we know that. So I expect that defensive back room to get better. Um, we've added some to the interior of the defense despite losing uh, Robert Cooper. We have some good transfers coming in in that position. Obviously, so Jared Verse is going to have some help next year and. He's going to have help from both sides of the ball, obviously. The offense is going to be great. Uh, we have basically everybody coming back on that side. It's just, so again, there's reasons for Jerdverse to come back. Uh, got to prove he can stay healthy. Got to develop some additional moves as a defensive end. But his decision to come back means that this is the kind of decision that could swing a game for you. Um, we just sat down and talked with Max about what we could do to uh, kind of improve on the margins next year. And one of the things that we talked about was maybe allow one less score per game on defense, whether that be a field goal or a touchdown, obviously, ideally a touchdown. Jared Verse coming back, he's the kind of impact disrupting player that can change a game to be one less score by getting a big sack on a big drive. Uh, so, right. So if that's the goal, and that's what we need to do to take that next step next year towards like ACC contention and college football playoff contention. Uh, I think you needed to have Jared Verse back to do that because I don't know what you would have expected out of that defensive line next year had Jared Verse not come back. You had some decent players, but that would have left a big hole in that defense, a hole that is no longer there. And this team is just about as loaded going into next year as we've been since 2014, 2015. No, this is a team that on both sides of the ball is really, really. And Dave, you also know who is elite in the work job space. And who's that trick? And that is our friends and our top sponsor over at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs, folks, I mean, we can't say nothing enough about it. As a small business owner or a hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why I have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire the qualified candidates you want to talk to more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. 
Dave, you use Lincoln Jungle Force, right? I have Drake. Um, if it, for those of you that don't know, I am an attorney in Tallahassee, and being an attorney anywhere means that you probably have a hard time finding a paralegal. One of the only places that makes that easy is LinkedIn. That's because everybody these days in the job force is on LinkedIn for the most part. So you're going to find the best candidates on LinkedIn. You're probably going to attract the most candidates on LinkedIn. Um, and it absolutely worked for us to get people in the door for interviews. So like Drake said, it's free. There's the buzzword. There is no reason not to try it. You have nothing to lose, everything to gain. Give it a shot. Always give it a shot, folks. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find out the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster than ever before. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash calls. That's LinkedIn.com slash calls to post your job for free, for free, most importantly, for the free. And as always, terms and conditions do apply. All right, Dave, we are back. We're rolling here at Locked On Sentinels. We want to thank each and every single one of you for all love and support and making us your first listen each and every single day. And also, we are only, I think, less than 50 subscribers away from 2,000. So please don't forget, hit subscribe button at the tip, tip top, like this video, and ding the little bell so you know when new content officially drops. Now, Dave, I texted you yesterday seeing what you want to do for segment two and three. So I'm going to hand the ball off over to you. Where do you want to go with this? Okay, so I think we do need to talk about some of the rankings we're seeing floating around because we had a nice little debate about this over the weekend. Um, I think it was Brett McMurphy. Yep. Brett McMurphy from, from the action network that released his top five or top 25 or whatever it was going in for next year. It was and 10, right? I think it was, just, think it was just 10. Was it 10? Okay. Well, either 10 even better because obviously we were on there. I can't even, Oh, here it is. Okay. Way too early top 10 for 2023. Um, stunningly, you're not you're not seeing like Florida or Miami on that list. Um, unlike last shocker, yeah. Uh, but you know who you are seeing, Drake, Florida State at number four. That elicited a funny reaction from some people. It elicited a funny reaction from inside our own group because I didn't have any problem with being ranked at four. Obviously, I want to be ranked as highly as possible. I think in a year where you're trying to chase a playoff run. You want to start ranked as high as possible because this committee has just demonstrated some really bizarre. I, I, I don't I, I don't know what word to use. It's not bias. It's just complete inconsistency. And um, you never know what you're going to get. So I think you just want to start as ranked as high as possible and be ranked as high as possible until the end and hope they throw you in there. Uh, that seems to be the winning formula. But we're ahead of teams like Ohio State. We're ahead of teams like LSU, Penn State, Washington, Clemson, Oregon. I don't have a problem with us being ranked ahead of Clemson, for example, just based on one, what are rankings? Are they the teams you expect to be better or are they the teams that deserve to be ranked there? I don't know what your philosophy is on that, obviously, ladies and gentlemen, but deserving, I don't think is how rankings should always go. Like, for example, I think everybody sees that Clemson is kind of a little bit on a downswing right now. They're not the Clemson that was winning titles and making college football playoffs every year uh, a few years ago. Obviously, they still made it to 11 wins last year. Great for them. That's a miracle. Don't understand that one at all. Um, good for them for having a defense, I guess. But going into this year, I don't think there's I don't think it's very controversial to say you expect Florida State to be better than Clemson and to beat Clemson. I, I, I do. Um, so. I don't, we talked at the end of the year this year about name me teams that you're sure would beat FSU this year. There were only a few. That's not changing going into the next year, in my opinion. 
I don't think you can name me more than a handful of teams that you would be sure would beat LSU, FSU on a neutral field next year. So in light of that, I think putting us ranked top five is not crazy. You'll probably get some Florida and Miami fans in our mentions saying how crazy that is and how look where Miami was ranked to start the year last year. Yeah, I hear you. Everybody thought that was a fraud. I don't think a lot of people are feeling like this Florida State team is much of a fraud. I mean, no, but like my thing with the top 25 ranking to the top number four with uh, Brevin Murphy is that I'm in the camp that, yes, you do rank the teams based on how you think they're going to perform the rest of the year. Yeah. My only problem is that you need to also outweigh how the previous season did end and also who's coming back. Now, FSU returning a lot of their players for next year does help out with that. But then also you look at the three losses, the way you lost to Wake, the way you lost to NC State, the way you lost to Clemson. And also, he did beat a Florida team, but also you struggled mightily against the Florida team and struggled against Oklahoma in a bowl game where they had a majority of their stars also either removed by injury or also opted out. And then, like, that's where I think basically you're ranking ahead of Clemson. I do think we're a better team than Clemson next year. I think Kay Klubnik is going to be an unknown. They lose, I think, three or four players on the defensive line. But you lost to them. In fact, you pretty much got physically dominated in that entire game, especially in the middle, that middle eight. I know that's a much hated word that FSU fans don't want to hear right now. He also has them ahead of TCU, who is a CFP, CFP kind of player right now. And I know you want to laugh at that, but they're the ones there, and we're not. So yeah. to me, this is a team that probably, in my personal opinion, should be probably around the top 10, maybe the 11 or 12 primarily, because it doesn't matter if you're that you know that highly ranked when it comes to CFP time. As long as you're ranked in the top 15 range, most of those teams actually do have basically kind of a... They have a bias because, like, oh, we hit ranked them the high to begin with. We kind of want to make sure that we don't want to prove ourselves wrong. So to me, 11 or 12 is basically, I think, where this team should be, especially considering those losses that you had this past season. Because those were kind of, as you say, loss still kind of stings for a lot of people. The Wake Forest loss, also, you were favored by eight points in that game. You should have won that game. The way you lost at Clemson also didn't help. Next year, I do agree with you. There's a lot of teams that you know, I wouldn't pick us against, but... If you're ahead of, ahead of a TCU, you're ahead of a Clemson team you lost to, you're ahead of a Penn State who, Penn State actually should be a fun game to watch. LSU, I think you should be ranked ahead of because you did beat them head-to-head. That did actually happen. But ahead of Ohio State, that's also one a team that probably should have beaten Georgia. I don't know. That's a little – it's it's a why they call way too early rankings, though. It's more for fun. This is more like, I think, a fun exercise for um, Brandon Murphy. Yeah, I'm I'm sure. But there's also some credibility. I mean, look, there's, there's explanation to it. It's, it is not – ridiculous to me to make that argument that Florida State should be a top five ranked team heading into next year. And that's the point. That's the point. That's where we are right now. That's where people, a lot of people, even outside the Florida State sphere, I think, see this team performing next year at a top five type level, or at least capable of performing. And that being where we are is almost different, difficult to wrap my head around in light of what the what the hell has been going on here for the last eight, nine years now? So, Drake, we are in the realm of being talked about as a top five type team going into a year. That is not something a lot of people envisioned happening as early as a year ago. So we are in completely uncharted territory. Thank you to Mike Norvell and the players he's brought in. Drake, that's great news. I think you have some other great news to tell everybody about. I do, but I also do agree with the thing that basically I think, yeah, we do belong there. I'm saying like it's a little early. It's uh, like top five. I get it. But the way I do ranking systems, I probably wouldn't do that. But folks, Dave is right. We're talking about friends and also another sponsor that we have for the show for today's episode is our friends over at Bet Online because Bet Online is your number one source of sports betting info, stats, news, and most importantly, analysis. And as always, is our fade day segment 
of the week, of the day, of the millennium, of the century. I know it's backwards, but I don't care. It's our show. Dave, NFL playoffs start this weekend. I'm going to talk about a team that you basically say is my favorite team, but just let go on. Your Dolphins. The Miami, the Miami Dolphins have made their first playoff appearance since 2016, and they face off against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills in Orchid Park in Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills are 11-point favorites for this game. Tua might not play. He may play. He might not play. But Dave, most importantly, who are you taking in this game? feels like a very kind line uh, based on what I expect to happen in this game. Did you watch the Jets game, the Jets-Dolphins game yesterday at all, or did you hear about it? Yeah, part of it. That was that was really bad. Yeah. Um, look, here's the thing. You're going to find a lot of people who, for some bizarre reason, would like lay down their life to defend Tua Tagovailoa on an internet message board. Or Tua on expect us. Which, great for you guys. Uh, <laughs> that, that helps you sleep. Whatever works. I guess that helps convince you that Miami Hurricanes don't suck either. But um, look, that's that's a team that's going to be inconsistent week to week. Uh, you're going to get games out of two of where he throws for 6,000 yards, and then you're going to get the very next game where he goes one for 50 and throws 10, 10 interceptions. I, I don't understand it. So no I, don't expect, I, I don't expect that team to put up much of a fight against the Bills. I, I know they've been able to do so and, and that they've been one of the consistently good teams in the NFL this year. I hear you, uh, but I expect playoff Josh Allen to just beat the Dolphins into the submission they belong. Yeah, typically I'll make fun of Dave and say fade Dave here, but Josh Allen to me probably is the best quarterback not yeah. named Patrick Mahomes. He's also just honestly super fun to watch. I mean, he literally like to me like if you know the superhero Shazam, it's like he's like to me a little kid if he did Shazam, but he playing he actually turns in Josh Allen. But that's enough nerves up for today, folks. Take the Buffalo Bills at minus 11. Don't fade Dave here because that's probably the right side. I mean, Tua Tagovailoa in the month of December and January has a passer rating below 70. So, uh, yeah, don't be taking Tua Tagovailoa. Take the Buffalo Bills at minus 11 with their friends over at Line because Line, folks, is where the game starts. And Dave, mm-hmm. wrapping up today's show, we're about to land this thing, as Ken Gibbs over Lockdown Wolfpack would say. Dave, how do you want to end today's show? Well, do you want to start talking some some of the big uh, higher level superlatives? Can we do that, or should we? We could, or we, 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 we could do that. We can definitely do that different today's show. Okay. So, one of the things we enjoy doing is talking about at the end of the year the superlatives and the beginning of the year. It's funny speculating on them, and it's funny going back and doing them. Um, the superlatives for the team. It. I think when we did this before the season, I think I basically predicted Jamie Robinson to be the best player since sliced bread. Um, I think I picked him for like every award we could hand out on defense. And Mm -hmm. that was partially right. But I think we have a little bit of updating to do with the benefit of hindsight and retrospect and all those fun words, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so why don't we start there? Um, Overall MVP of the team, and maybe not MVP in the traditional sense, so much as in the sense of player that actually added the most to the team over a replacement and i i know jordan travis is an easy answer but keep in mind that when he went down against louisville not that tate rodemaker is jordan travis but tate rodemaker came in and allowed us to win that game still so just with that in mind i want to do overall offense defense and maybe 
underrated player of the year. We can get through. You want to do, you want to do the uh, the officially titled now Max Moody Unsung Hero Award for the 2022 season? I think we do. Okay, so let's start first with the Standing on Business MVP Award. And you're talking about this for the entire team, not yep. specifically to one specific group. Yep. All right, so for me, the Standing on Business Award, in my personal opinion, has got to go to Fabian Lovett. And that's because I think that's a player that when he was in the lineup, you just saw how basically his entire, I guess, presence up the middle impacted not only this team like defensively, but also across the entire board. And that was something that we saw for those three, for the first four weeks, right? He's out. He's hurt. He's, 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 he's performing extremely admirably well. Run defense is solid. Then you miss it for those three weeks. The run game cannot stop anybody at all, period. He comes back. We we limit several teams. Like I think only what a field goal for like three straight weeks. And then also you bring in, you see that the Oklahoma game where he's not playing the game. And Oklahoma was a team that Av was 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 pretty decent at running, but the ball, but not great. And then they have their best rushing ever for the entire season. So to me, Fabian Lovett, when it comes to basically how important he was to entire dynamic or identity of a unit, that to me is the stand on business overall MVP for the season. Is Fabian Lovett? Yeah, that, that is a great choice. Uh, there are a lot of choices here, and most of them, to me, are on the offensive side of the ball, obviously. Um, you have Jordan Travis as the most obvious and easiest answer. I, I'm trying not to be lazy and go with that uh, because... We're, we're basically punishing him for being basically the best player on the team. Like how LeBron James didn't win like multiple MVPs. Like, you got to stop picking the guy. That is exactly right, and I think that's probably because we expected him to be the best player on the team, um, or at least at least up there. So for me though, um, I was going between Johnny Wilson and Trey Benson and Jordan Travis. I'm going to go with Trey Benson here because going into the year, my expectations of Trey Benson were kind of all over the place. I, I, I guess probably a, a lot lower than what we ended up getting. Not because I didn't think Trey Benson was any, wasn't any good, but because I didn't know if Trey Benson's knee was going to be good enough. And I don't know if he would fit right in coming off such a devastating injury to this team and the scheme and what we're trying to do on offense. And Trey Benson could not have looked more comfortable in this offense. He was following up an excellent performance uh, from Jay Sean Corbin, who at this point, I think a lot of people have probably forgotten his name because of what Trey Benson did this year. Uh, that, instantly became one of the toughest people on the team to tackle. He has that kind of running style that delights you as a fan, that kind of makes you proud that he goes out there and just punches people in the mouth and runs past them, runs around them, runs through them, averaging six and a half yards a carry and a whole bunch of that coming after contact, 4.5 yards after contact. So Trey Benson was that kind of devastating, punishing runner that, you just love to see playing for your team and you hate to see him playing for the other team. I give him all, all the credit in the world for overcoming that injury, ingratiating himself to the scheme and this team so quickly and making one of the most impactful performances uh, on the season from any player on this team from a guy that would had just gotten here. So impressive. Extremely impressive. Now, Dave, to end the show, let's do it honorably. Who is your officially the max moody 2022 unsung hero for you for the 2020 season okay the unsung hero thing is a little more difficult um because you can't pick a guy like i don't think you can pick a guy like jared burris or jamie robinson or fabian lovett i don't i don't think you can do that who i will pick though drake is kaylin deloach kaylin deloach if you go look at his pff grade for us this year was 
the 33rd rated best player on our defense. I am here to tell you that this is why PFF is stupid sometimes. Because if you watch Florida State defense this year, if you listen to the broadcasts of any of our games that were covered by decent broadcasters with knowledge of football, they will tell you that Kalen Deloach popped off the screen on our defense. That dude made numerous impactful plays for us this year. He, I don't know, like apparently became like 10 miles an hour quicker this offseason because he just shot off like a missile every time you saw him this year. The improvement that he made from last year to this year was extremely impactful, uh, potentially game-changing. I, I don't think he gets enough credit for that, especially because if you just go look up his rating, it looks like he didn't have a very good year this year. Um, I'm here to tell you, Kalen Deloach had a great year this year, and I think coming back into next year, especially with all the other guys around him, I think that defense will take a step forward. Kalen Deloach is going to make himself some money in the NFL draft, despite all these bad ratings you're seeing on PFF. So, unsung player of the year, yeah, I'm going to take a guy that is being rated poorly, but yet really positively impacted this team overall. Yeah, if you actually watch, this is where PFF I have a I have a gripe with. If you actually watch the games, you're also like PFF is very subjective when they rate players. That one's just wrong. But when we when PFF is saying that we're a good thing, obviously we're going to use it. A good yep. day. I have a half of Dave stick is here. And uh, my unsung here for 2022 season is basically a player that we didn't expect much from. He actually was, I think, the last player to come in through the transport, and that was Jazz and Turrentine mm-hmm. over the summer primarily because we lost, was it Bless Harris, one of the earlier weeks. We lost Kane Lyles, I think, the week before camp even started. He wasn't supposed to start, and he admirably filled in. He wasn't elite, but he was solid enough to, be, solid enough to basically make sure Jordan Travis was not constantly on his back like the previous seasons. And also, he's just someone that basically you could tell was a great presence in the locker room, as evident by his the uh, when he was carted off of the field at the end of the Oklahoma game. You know, hopefully, you know, best of speedy recovery over to Jazz. And to me, it's a player that came in, knew what his job was, it was asked to do a little more than he was at when he was originally supposed to, and performed admirably well in that spot. So, to me, that is your 2022 Max Moody unsung unsung hero of the 2022 season. Yeah, the point here, I think, is we have multiple unsung heroes. We have a lot of guys that are really developing under Mike Norvell on both sides of the football, uh, especially on the offense. And it's just there. there's so many more awards to give out because there's a lot of deserving players, individual performances, team performances this year that stood out that I think were special. And that lent to a double digit win team that we probably had no business achieving this year. That's the definition of unsung, I guess. I mean, this team is just this team is finally fun to watch. And folks, turn in and tune in the next time before we have the baby come back award. We're basically a player that we wish to be coming back for next season if they have moved on to greener pastures or gone over to the NFL. Well, depending on how you define greener pastures. But Dave, please send us home. I sure will, Drake. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. We could not do this without you. So Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for our podcast. Find us anywhere you find your podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google Play. I'm sure there's other places. I don't even know what they are for the YouTube. Give this video a like if you would. Takes two seconds. Subscribe to the channel too, please. That also takes two seconds, Uh, but you'll be happy you did. Ding the little bell, turn on your notifications. Find out when our episodes drop. It's super simple and leave us some comments. Who is your MVP of the year on overall offense defense and who is your unsung player of the 2022 season i want to hear it
And folks, State of the FS Union will be back this week. We had our first great guest on. I won't say who it is yet. You probably know already who it is, depending on the theme of this episode. But I'll be posting it later this week and also a small little video showcasing that who is going to be back for that week. So please keep on the lookout for that. But enough being said with that, go on with your work week. This was Drake. That was Dave. And we'll see you all next time on Locked on Seminole. Take care, everybody. Go Nolan.